Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'm going to begin today's program with an interesting song done by a man named Chico Holiday. A lot of you might remember him. In 1959, he began as an entertainer. He entertained in Chicago and New York, Las Vegas, and all the parts in between. He's recorded many records. He opened studios in Detroit, and he later sold them to Motown. He's done TV commercials. In 1969, he moved to Las Vegas and became an entertainer there. He appeared with people like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, The Rat Pack, The Rolling Stones, Sid Caesar, George Shearing, Johnny Cass, Pat Boone, all of these men. But in 1974, Chico Holiday received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior while he was in Las Vegas. And he stayed there for a while and ministered. This song comes right out of his heart. And some of you may remember it. It's called Amazing Grace Yesterday. Let it minister to you while Chico ministers it right out of his heart. Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch Like me But now I'm found Was blind But now I see Yesterday When I was young The taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue I teased at life As if it were a foolish game The way the evening breeze may tease a candle flame The game of life I played with arrogance and pride And every flame I lit to quickly, quickly die I live by night and shut the naked light of day And only now I see how time has run away Yesterday, when I was young So many drinking songs were waiting to be sung So many wayward pleasures lay in store for me And so much pain my dazzled eyes refused to see I ran so fast that time and youth ran out I never stopped to think what life was all about And every conversation I can now recall Concerned itself with me and nothing else at all Yesterday the moon was blue And every crazy 
something new to do The friends I made all seem somehow to drift away And only I am left on stage to end the play There are so many songs in me that won't be sung Yesterday, when I was young, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved. of us can relate to Chico's song here, and I thank God that he lets us use his music. I want us to begin by turning to 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. You will find here again that the gospel is defined in the Bible so clear that we know exactly what the gospel is. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Here it is right here, Paul speaking. I declare unto you the gospel. Now, what is he going to declare unto them? Which I preached unto you. Notice Paul preached it. Which you have also received. Notice the people received it. And wherein you stand. So in other words, they had to believe it and walk in it. Verse 2. By which you are also saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I want you to take a look right here at the word if. Did you know in relation to being saved that the word if is used. And where does the word if refer to? Unless you have believed in vain. We cannot stop believing the gospel. Verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Right here is the biblical definition of the gospel that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Why do we need to know the definition of the gospel? Let's go to Romans 1.16 again. Yes, I'm going over it again and again and again, because one day you'll be listening, and that light will go on in your heart, and you'll say, Oh my, I understand. And you will have revelation of the gospel. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, not afraid to trust in it, not afraid to lean on it, not afraid to believe it. 
Why? For it is the power of God to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Notice, it is the power of God, not words, but power, unto everyone that believeth. That's the only thing you have to do with it is believe it. Now, what happens with the power of God? I want us to turn to Mark 16, verse 14, and I'm going to read through verse 20. Afterward, Jesus appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Notice, even the disciples Jesus upbraided for them not believing. Friends, it is so important that we believe. Verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. What are we supposed to preach to the world? We're supposed to preach the gospel. That's what Jesus said. Does he say to preach anything else? Notice he says to preach here, not to teach, but to preach the gospel to every creature. Do you know preach means to publish? Verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Notice, signs follow if you believe. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe the word here is true? Then it says here, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, verse 19, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. In verse 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere. What did they preach? Go right back up to verse 15. They preached the gospel and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. How do you know? If you are believing the gospel, if you are believing the gospel according to this word of God, if you are believing that gospel, you will have signs following in your life. You will have examples. You will have experience. You will have the works of signs following if you believe. Pretty easy to tell if you're believing or not, isn't it? We are talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. And I'm going to go over a couple verses of what happened with Jesus on the cross. And I'm going to start in John 19, 28. Now remember, this is part of the gospel. This is when Jesus was on the cross. I'm going to begin in verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now let's remember what Jesus looked like here on the cross. According to Isaiah 52 and 53, he was marred more than any man. And in the Psalms, Jesus's bones, every one was out of joint. So you had a man, a man hanging on the cross with nails in his hands and his feet. You had a man that every bone was out of joint. So when you looked at him, it was hard to even distinguish that he was a man. 
If the bones aren't in the right place, then it's going to be hard to distinguish that he is a man. And he is alive. And he is obeying the Father, being on the cross. And it says here, after this, after all these things have happened to him, and he's hanging on the cross. Now remember, it's dark. The sun is not shining. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, everything he had to accomplish on the cross was done. He said the things he was supposed to say. He gave his mother to John for him to take care of her. He followed the word of God. And it says that the scripture might be fulfilled. He saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. And they filled a sponge with the vinegar, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Now look at this next statement in verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. Those are three powerful words. And those are three words that comfort us. Look at them. Think about them. Meditate on them. Consider them. It is finished. Everything that Jesus was to accomplish on the earth as a man, he said here, it is finished. He took every sin of you and I on that body. That's why it was marred more than any man. And he took that sin. And what did he say? It is finished. Your sin, my sin, was finished on that cross. What else was finished? Every disease, every sickness, every pain was laid on that body. And Jesus said it is finished. There is your healing. If you can believe it, if you can hang on to it, there is your healing. It is finished. He took your disease. He took your pain. He took your sickness. And he said, it is finished. He took our poverty. He took your poverty. He became poor that we might be rich on that cross. And what did he say about paying for your and I's poverty? He said, it is finished. Saints, if you can believe, if you can believe these three words, it is finished, then what you need will be accomplished and it'll manifest in front of you. And then it goes on. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Look here. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. They didn't take it from him. I want us to look at this. He gave up the ghost. Jesus gave up the ghost. They didn't take it from him. Jesus died on his own. He gave up his life. They could kill him. Let's look at another verse. Matthew 27, 50. It says here, Jesus, 
when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He yielded up the ghost. They didn't take it from him. Jesus yielded up the ghost. He gave his life for you and I. Let's take a look at another verse. Luke 23, 44 through 46. I'm going to begin in 44. This is about the crucifixion. And it was about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Remember, we went over this before. Jesus died in the dark. 45. And the sun was darkened. And the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. Let's take a look at verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, a loud voice, this is a man that is marred more than any man, every bone out of joint, hands and feet nailed to the tree. And in a loud voice, he cried out, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, He gave up the ghost. He gave it up. They couldn't take it from him. And he didn't do that until he said, it is finished. Now, why is that important? Why is it important of how Jesus yielded up the ghost? Let's take a look at John 10, 17 and 18. 17, therefore does my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. I lay down my life that I might take it again. Do you understand? They could not kill Jesus. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Roman soldiers, the Jews, Pilate couldn't kill him. He said, I lay down my life. Look at verse 18. No man taketh it from me. Here he is saying it for sure. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Do you understand that? They couldn't kill him. He laid down his life. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Jesus states here they could not kill him. He laid his life down. He obeyed the father. He gave up the ghost. He died. He died for you and I. Now, why is it so important that we know that Jesus was not killed by men, but he laid down his life? Let's go to Romans 8. I'm going to begin in verse 9. And in here is a gem of some words that will comfort you and help you to stand and strengthen you and set you on high. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Do you see that? You, if you are Jesus, you have the spirit of him in you. You have his spirit in you. Do you see that? You have the spirit of Jesus in you. If you belong to Jesus, you have his spirit in you. And you know what that means? That spirit in you, they couldn't kill. They could not kill Jesus. And they cannot kill you if you have that spirit in you. 
you have the Spirit of Jesus in you, you are able to stand like he stood. You are able to overcome like Jesus did. That Spirit is in you. You don't have to be afraid of man. They can't hurt you if you have the Spirit of Jesus in you. What does it say? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Saints, can you think of anything more comforting today? Thank God that Spirit is in us. Several years back, my daughter needed a new car. And I knew and she knew that she did not have the money for the down payment. And I began to believe God. I said, I would like to help her with the down payment, Jesus. I need some money. And I had no way of getting any. And I began to pray. And one day, a person that I knew very well came to me and said, Kathy, God has given me this much money to do this certain thing that I needed. Now, I want to give that same amount of money to you. You know, he did not know that I was trusting God for the money for my daughter's car's down payment. But it ended up being exactly what we needed. How? Why could we do that? Because it is finished. Jesus supplied everything we needed on the cross. He supplied that when he died and was buried and was raised again for us. I'd like to play a song for you by the Hurleys, and it's called Psalm 23, and it's a beautiful piece written by Denny Hurley. You know, the Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And here you hear the words, To want shall I never. Why, if Jesus is our Lord, do we not want? Because he supplies everything for us through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let this song minister to you. My God is able to set me a table In the midst of my enemies Fear had no hold He anointed my head My cup runneth over My weakest hour He restored my soul the Lord is my shepherd, to want shall I never. Leaves me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. Day though I walk through the shadows of death, Know that thou art with me, thy rod and thy stand, giving me comfort as he leads me on, guiding my steps along his righteous path. The Lord is my shepherd, to want shall I never, leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the Lamb and the Lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely all the days of my life from here evermore. For the shepherd that will lead me, him will I 
follow Never I'll dwell in the house of the Lord The Lord is my shepherd To what shall I never Leads me wherever the still waters flow He'll bring us to Zion Where the Lamb and the Lion Lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely All the days of my life from here evermore For the shepherd doth lead me Him will I follow Forever I'll dwell in the house of the Lord The Lord is my shepherd To what shall I never Leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow. He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow. I would like to finish the program with the perfect song. This song is sung by the Water of Life Boys along with Terry Mai. And the song is called, It Is Finished. Listen to it. Let it minister to you the power of God.
for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.